got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Coffee and Crypto, guys. This is our morning live show where we bring you the latest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency technical analysis, on-chain analysis, and fundamental analysis five days a week, Monday through Friday. And today we are going to be talking about Bitcoin because it looks like Bitcoin might be getting ready for a big move. So make sure to grab your coffee, make sure to grab yourself some caffeine, and make sure not to forget to smash that like button because we got some great content lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about the price action of Bitcoin. We're going to be talking about China and their thawing relations on Bitcoin. Is China going to go ahead and try and bring back their adoption of Bitcoin? No, probably not. But we're going to discuss all of that and more. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, follow us on social media for more updates about the price action of crypto and following the market. But I am joined today by Mr. T.A. Tim himself. How you doing, Tim? I'm very good. Oh, I think I'm muted. Ooh. My bad. I'm pretty sure I was muted because I didn't even hear myself. I'm a here. goober. But that is, a, that, you know, just because I can't be heard doesn't mean I'm not here. That's all I'm going to say. I still have to look the wrong way to look at you. I'm going to fix it. I know. I'm going to fix it. Do you understand this, Tim? I'm literally looking at a curtain right now. I'm looking at a, a, what do you call it? A thermostat. You're looking at, th you're looking at a thermostat? I, I got to be honest with you. I'm looking at a curtain right I'm now. I'm quite frankly embarrassed. If I look at Tim, I'm actually looking at Smay, which doesn't make any sense. I'm quite frankly now embarrassed. Now I'm looking at no one. So. Okay. Yeah, you're All looking right. at no one. Oh, that's just sad. I'm going to fix it. Okay. Well, we're also joined as always by Smay, who's going to fix it. How are you doing, Smay? I'm going to fix it. Uh, <laughs> hello, everybody. I'm. It's good to be in the seat again. I feel like it's been a little bit since I've actually gotten to actually do it. Um, I've been helping helping prepare the next generation of, of technical directors. Discipling. Uh, so uh, I'm very excited. Um, uh, but a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. I get to now take an opportunity to send it back to Jeb. So back to you, Jeb. Wow. Good deal. Well, guys, we got a great that show lined true. up for you today. But before we jump into that show, I do first want to bring you a word from one of the sponsors of our channel, and that would be iTrust Capital. They're a sponsor of this show, and you should definitely check out their site, iTrust Capital. You can find the link in the description box down below. Why? Because if you guys aren't protecting yourself from taxes in cryptocurrency using different investment vehicles such as IRAs, then you are missing out big time. You need to make sure that you are using a product like iTrust Capital to protect your long-term investments, the ones that you're going to hold for a very long time using IRAs. Because what you get to do with a traditional IRA is you get to defer your taxes until you're retired or until you've reached at least the age of 59 and a half. And then you can pay out the cryptocurrency that you have already gained from that IRA at a lower tax bracket because you'll probably be at a lower tax bracket at that time than you are right now. Or you can use a Roth IRA and pay your taxes right now so you don't have to later and invest in cryptocurrency and get all the benefits that come from a retirement account like an IRA. They are the leader in the cryptocurrency space by a country mile when it comes to IRAs. So make sure you check out iTrust Capital. Link is in the description box down below and you will get a $100 funding reward when you sign up with them. They make all the processes very, very easy to go ahead and get started you investing in crypto with a retirement account. You want to know something, Chip? I actually just signed up for an account yesterday. Whoa. I, I, I signed Whoa. up yesterday, and it was because I was talking with uh, I was talking talking with our rep Daniel, which, by the way, we've said this Daniel's before. Daniel's awesome. The customer service at iTrust is ridiculously it's awesome. Amazing. At, ask Matt C. Matt C. Found iTrust before we did. He's yeah. been using it for a long time. But I'm gonna move. Just so you guys know. I'm going to move all of my money from Coinbase into iTrust Capital because every time I move stuff in Coinbase, like if I were to buy some bottoms and then sell some tops and wait for another bottom to come in on Coinbase, which more long-term trading, not short-term trading, the fees are a little over 1%, I, I have to pay capital gains on that. In iTrust, I don't have to do that. So just so you guys know, I literally created an account yesterday and I am probably today or tomorrow when I have time because I have a lot of work here to do. I'm moving all of my money from Coinbase over to iTrust Capital. That's just me. You guys do what you want to do. There you go. That is an absolutely great idea. And that's something that I'm going to be doing as well. I told you guys I've been looking forward to doing that. Been a little busy, but I'm going to be getting an iTrust Capital account set up also moving a good bit of my crypto yeah. over there also because we put our money where our mouth is and with our sponsors because we do truly believe in them. But let's go ahead and throw it to Smay for yeah. some green names. Yeah. Guys, 
This is the best time of the show. And also, I've seen a lot of people in chat saying I'm leaving. I'm not leaving, guys. What the heck? I'm, just, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. But I would like to take this opportunity to read some green names because it's my favorite thing to do. I have right here uh, Terran Crypto, Silva Dalla, Sultan of Salt, Siobhan Golay, Matt Shavangale. C. I'm going to say it with even more attitude. Tristan Williams, Groovy. Why don't you sing Dennis Pizarka, Jeremy Shorter, Grand Roofing Incorporated. Grand Roofing Incorporated. I love all of you guys. I, I love the pleasure of getting to read you guys' names every single day. Uh, back to you, Jeb. And what happens tomorrow, Smay? Oh, what's happening tomorrow? I now you're. This is Daisy getting even better. You're giving me the pleasure of I'm announcing our the, member I'm stream. You the pleasure of guys, announcing guys, member stream. I have so no many pleasure for me, uh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the members stream Q and A is tomorrow. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, join us tomorrow after the stream about 11 11.10-ish. and it's gonna be a great time. You can find it in the members community tab if you are a member. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Be yeah. there. Or be. Uh, square. square. Be there, be square. That's what back I, to you, Jeff. I learned that in Back to the Future. Be there, be square. You know, the other thing, uh, just, I want to make sure people know because I'm like watching a barn people door chat. on a battleship, huh, bitch? Watch people in chat. Hey, if you want that $100 account to your iTrust Capital, you also need to use the link in the description. Yeah, if you just go to the site, below. you can get that and you just do it. But if you want to help our channel out and get $100, use the link in the description. Why are you not getting $100? I just don't understand. Why would you not take $100 free dollars? There's $100 in the description. Go get $100. Yeah. It's free. You can buy like I mean, half a tank of gas with that. You know that, right? It's It's good money. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump on over to a coin market cap here. Bitcoin currently sitting at 29000 $398.69, down 4% over the last four days. We had a bit of a rally yesterday, bit of a drop today. Bitcoin is down 38% year-to-date. Ethereum down 47% year-to-date. Binance down 44% year-to-date. The entire crypto market in the top 10 is in the red, and the vast majority of cryptos are red today. Clay, Unised Leo, KuCoin, Chili's, and Kyber Network all in the green, but only barely. We got a couple of projects here that have been doing well over the course of the year, but we're looking at relatively small market capitalizations here compared to some of the other projects. For the most part, everything is pretty far down. Terra USD, unfortunately, down to nine cents. That's pretty rough. That's that's what we, that's what we call down bad. Yeah, that's down bad. That's down like that. That's down horrendous. Is what is what yeah. actually we would call that. Kadena down twenty percent today, sitting at rank number ninety. A lot of people have been trying to get me into Kadena. Never was that impressed with it. It's down eighty percent this year. That's not to say it's a dead project or anything. Could go up a lot, but at the moment I'm not too thrilled with it. ApeCoin sitting down ten percent today as well. Hasn't moved year to date because it just came out this year. It's up seven hundred and five percent in the last ninety days. Majority of the rest of the crypto currencies are down quite a bit. Gala down 10%. Avalanche, we just made a video on it yesterday, down 10%. Dot down 10%. Cosmos down... Uh, 10%. Some of these projects like Polkadot and Avalanche, I told you guys a $20 Avalanche would be a ridiculously good buy. A $6 Polkadot would be a ridiculously good buy. So be on the lookout for all of those different projects. But I do just want to point out one final thing before we jump on over to our actual technical analysis today. And that would be the total cryptocurrency market capitalization chart on CoinMarketCap. Let's take a look here, starting at the beginning of 2019. Back in this time, during uh, June of uh, 2019, total crypto market value in, uh, in cryptocurrency rallied to a third of a trillion dollars. That was a very big deal at the time. Even going back to 2017, the all-time high was about $800 billion. We saw Bitcoin and cryptocurrency rally to $800 billion. Right now, Bitcoin is down almost 60% from all-time high, over 50% anyway, and total cryptocurrency market capitalization is still 50% higher than it was at the all-time high of the previous bear market. And that's really exciting because if you look at the previous bear market, what or the previous bull market even, what do we see happen here? By the way, this red vertical line represents the day I got into crypto. That's what that's doing there. When we look at the all-time high that was set in November of 13, we see that uh, the bear market barely even got close to that. The bear market of 2018, you still would have had to go down another 60% to get down to $1,200, the previous bear market all-time high. In this case right now, we would have to go down another 35% to get to the previous bear market all-time high. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you look at the ultra long term, I'm talking literally the whole history of Bitcoin, what we're seeing is this stair-step formation here. And right now we're on the fourth step, but we're on kind of the landing of this step. Hopefully we're going to have a big bounce in the next year or two, probably sooner than that, but let's be conservative here. And then we're going to see a big rally. But what will happen when that occurs? Well, if you look at the total market capitalization 
the total history of cryptocurrency market cap, everything before January of 2017 is a flat line. You can't even see it. We're talking about single digit billions in market capitalization for the entire crypto market. Now crypto moves up and down by hundreds of billions of dollars on a weekly basis. If we look at the last year, you can see we hit all the way up here to $3 trillion. Now we're down to 1.25. We're down to one and a quarter. What does that tell us? Well, that tells us that over a trillion and a half dollars has left the space and is sitting somewhere. But where is it sitting, you might ask? Well, some of it has gone into people paying for their, their bills because they needed to pull back during the, I think, recession that we're in right now. Some of it has come out and gone into other investment vehicles, such as people investing in commodities or assets like uh, real estate, investing in gold, investing in uh, the stock market. Um, but a lot of that money has come out and is sitting on the sidelines waiting to re-enter. That's one of the things we're going to be talking about today is not only the way that Bitcoin is going to move in the short term, but also the way that Bitcoin can move in the long term. But we're going to go ahead and jump onto the chart. We're going to start with that short term, and we're going to be looking at this symmetrical triangle pattern right here. But before we do, I want to throw it to Tim really quickly yeah. and let him intro us on this segment. We got a lot of stuff going on in the charts, Jeb. We got, so we talked about this yesterday. We have both a rising wedge and a symmetrical triangle pattern. Either way, we're more than likely going to break bearish. The question is, are we breaking bearish now? We're going to break later. I'm on the hourly chart right here, where technically speaking, we are below this blue support level of both the symmetrical, that's this red, you know what, I'll turn that one yellow just so you guys can see the difference there. That is the symmetrical triangle. The red one would make us a rising wedge. I talked about this yesterday that potentially we could go up to 32 where we would meet both the daily uh, the daily chart, uh, 20 daily SMA, and uh, or we'd go down. Now here's, we're gonna talk about this in a little bit. I wanna throw it back to Jeb here in a second, but right now we are sitting kind of in a really big decision phase. This is what we're talking about with the title, Bitcoin's ready for a big move. We are getting close to either where the market needs to decide we're gonna go up or we're going to go down. A couple things we see happening is capitulation or convergence. We not only see it in price, look at how we technically still have lower a lower bottom that we're currently at and we had a higher top versus this space right here. We also see in the MACD on the hourly chart that we're going to see some convergence here. Notice we have a really low MACD, really high MACD, and we're starting to get to the middle. We are in the red right now on the hourly chart. That can change though, but either way, we are converging. Even the RSI has been converging. You're looking down here that we had a high top right here, low. We're getting back down to the lower levels, but could this be a fake out or will this be consistent? The one bright thing I'm seeing right now, which could turn into something negative, but I'm going to look at it as a positive, is this inflow of volume we have. Again, we haven't seen volume this level since back here during the dip. So is this volume bar telling us this is a bottom or is this confirmation to the downside? It's a little too early to tell, but I'm going to throw it back to Jeb here for a little bit, but I have something I want to look at back last year that is very similar to what we're going through right now and, and kind of analyze that. Are we going through the same thing or will this time be different? There you go. We'll be on the lookout for that, guys. But let's go ahead and take a look at this market here. What's going on with Bitcoin? What's going on with Bitcoin? Well, what we saw happen is we saw Bitcoin start to drop from $40,000, dropped all the way down to $26,000, dropped 33% in seven days. And it's important to remember that because that wasn't that long ago. When we saw that occur, what we proved is that the bears actually do still have quite a bit of strength. They had been kind of locked up. It'd been kind of difficult for the bears because we've been in this rising trading channel here, but then the bears proved that they do actually have the strength. What happened when Bitcoin had a major drop? Did we have a major bounce? Did we bounce all the way up to $40,000 and then try and start a new uptrend? Or did we stay down here? Because that's what I'm concerned about. Whenever we saw this kind of rally come out of this drop, that was encouraging because we immediately rallied, set new higher highs compared to what we had set here at the end of June. And we kind of want to compare this drop to this drop over here. Are we sitting in this period right here or are we sitting right here? I'm inclined to believe that we're sitting more in this area in the comparative. And why is that? Well, if we look at the two different markets, when Bitcoin dropped like a rock, I mean, it dropped fast here. We saw it drop 50% in 11 days. It didn't bounce all the way back up to $60,000. It traded sideways for a month. That's what I think we're going to see happen here again. I think we're going to see some sideways trading, but I do think we're also going to break to the downside and we're going to start pushing and retesting those lows. I, am, I would be very surprised if Bitcoin managed to find the strength 
to go into a big rally right now, especially while it's pushing down here, testing the support as it is, and it has barely managed to set new higher highs and higher lows. I mean, it has set higher highs and higher lows, but we're talking about like $185 when we just dropped 14000 I have no confidence in the bulls right now's ability to bounce this market. I do think that we're going to have a drop down here, and we are going to see Bitcoin come and at least backtest this level of support. And part of the reason for that is because this symmetrical triangle pattern that we're in right now is actually a, a bearish a bear flag. It is a bear pennant that has a price target of $20,000. And I actually do think that that price target is going to come to pass. I've told you guys that a $20,000 to $22,000 Bitcoin is very much in the cards right now. I haven't said whether or not it's necessarily likely, but I do think that it is very possible and I don't see enough strength from the bulls. I also don't see enough obvious support beneath us. If we look at Lux Algo, for example, it does give us support here on the bands, on the bottom support zones. You can see we're sitting in those bottom support zones right now, and that's great. That might mean that we're not gonna drop down there immediately, but that doesn't mean we're not gonna drop down there. It just means that we won't do it immediately. We did the same thing back over here. We jumped, we dropped all the way on the wick to the very bottom of the reversal zone. Take a look at it. By the way, if you guys don't have Lux Algo, you need it. You need this. This is a very important technical indicator. And if you don't have it, you are missing out on a big part of your um, technical indicator bag. So make sure that you check this out. Lux Algo's in the description box down below. Look at how we dropped into the bottom reversal zone. Follow along on your own chart with Lux Algo. Get it down below. You can see we pushed all the way down to 29,300, the very bottom of the zone. Then we bounced back up, traded sideways, and then we came down again. The reversal zone continued to dive, so we didn't drop all the way down there again, but that's what happened. What we're seeing right now, oh, and by the way, another comparison that we can draw here. Take a look here at the EQ cloud. What we saw was that we had to have the EQ cloud come down in a big way so that we could break through it relatively easily. It was very far away when we hit our low right there, but when we started to rally, it was very close. What are we looking at over here? Well, the price action is very far away from the EQ cloud. But if the market goes down here and the EQ cloud dives down right there, it would be a lot easier for us to break through that indicating a bullish reversal to the upside. So everything on Lux Algo that I'm reading is telling me that we need to see a little bit more sideways movement and potentially an even bigger drop to the downside. If we look at the daily chart as well, looking at some of our oscillators, we're going to see that there is a little bit of good news. Some of that good news comes in the form of a bullish MACD cross that could be coming in soon. RSI is doing okay. It's sitting around 33, but that's certainly nothing bullish to write home about. But, uh, well, and also one final bullish thing is that there was a nine flash on the TD sequential recently. But if you think about it, this nine flash should have led Bitcoin into a rally if there was bullish momentum. However, there wasn't. So we rallied for a day and started to go back to the downside. TD's, TD sequential has turned bearish again. On top of that, if we take off TD Sequential, we look at the 20 EMA, we're sitting below that as we have for quite some time. If we're going to go into an uptrend, I want to see us break the 20 EMA because it is the definitive trend indicator next to Lux Algo. Lux Algo is the number one. EMA is right after it. Uh, Lux Algo is a far better, uh, far superior way of telling trends, in my opinion, but the 20 EMA is definitely helpful. Another thing to mention here. We see a red-green-red formation. We saw a bearish, engulfing, a bearish engulfing candlestick formation right here, starting off with a green candlestick, then a red candlestick. That engulfed it, meaning that the bears were stronger than the bulls. Then we're seeing a red-green-red, where the red is being followed by a smaller green, followed by a larger red. That indicates to us that the bears are in charge also. So all of that to say that right now the bears are very much in charge, and I do think we're going to have a very big move in the next week or two. I can't tell you exactly when it's going to be, but I do think we're going to have another pretty big leg to the downside. Side. First thing we're going to do is we're going to backtest, in my opinion, if this occurs, we're going to backtest 28,000 because that's our low down here on the four hourly chart. That's where the candle bodies are. Then we may bounce off of that, but there's also a high likelihood that we don't and we drop lower. Good news is, if we do that, if we have a little bit of a rally first, then we could set up bullish RSI divergence because we could set a low down here on RSI where the low would be maybe up here around 30 and the price action could go down to 25. That would set up bullish RSI divergence, which would be very strong for leading us into an uptrend in maybe two, three, four weeks. Point is, I don't see a lot of bullish confidence right now. And frankly, I don't have any confidence in the bulls. They've really got to prove themselves. They were barely proving themselves back here. Right now, they've proven that they are definitely not the ones driving this market. Tim, what do you think? You know, yesterday we made our predictions and I said that we were going to go up because there was still a lot of hope that we were going to travel up that way with that rising wedge. But, you know, today I'm not I'm not ready to cash out. I'm not ready to say, all right, 
I was wrong. It's absolutely going down, but I'm swaying that direction. So this is a, I was wrong. I think I was wrong. It's not over yet. There is some, like I told you earlier, this volume coming in right now could be a bottom, but it also could be the, it could be just a continuation of the downside, just almost confirming we're going down because Jeb, everything you just said was absolutely valid. And I hope people paid close attention. If you want to, after the stream is over, go back and listen to it because there were some great points. What I want to show people, and I'm on the hourly chart right now. I'm looking at this chart right now. I want to show people a similarity to something we saw not that long ago. Literally, let's see, this is May, so a year ago. This is exactly what we saw, and it's not perfectly identical, but it is similar. So if you're not on my screen screen already, Smey, you can do so. But Been there, done that. Good, good stuff right here. So Jeb mentioned this a little bit. Again, there's some differences. We didn't come down into this formation as quickly and as aggressively as we did this one we just saw, but it's pretty close. So again, we're going to give it benefit of the doubt. But look what we have right here. Another situation where we had both a rising wedge and a symmetrical triangle pattern going. Technical analysis is the art. It's an art form. So every single person can draw it differently. That's why you can see both of these. It doesn't mean we're absolutely we're in a rising wedge. Doesn't mean we're absolutely in a symmetrical triangle pattern. In this case, it looks like the symmetrical triangle pattern was the more uh, accurate one. It varies case to case. But look at what we did right here. We have a massive drop with massive volume, and then we begin to climb. We get to this peak, and then we fall back down to the same levels. So. What am I looking at right here? See that volume right there? That could have been a bottom and ended up just being a confirmation to the downside. Why am I looking at this and saying, oh no, are we in the same boat? Flipping over to today, these charts, again, not perfectly identical, but pretty stinking close. Aggressive bottom with high volume begin to rally into either a rising wedge or a uh, symmetrical triangle pattern. Again, it's not time to call it over, but this right here, if you are a trader, I definitely would not be entering into a trade right now as a, as a buyer. There's a chance if you want to be aggressive and you want to short the market, you could get some good trades with a short. Again, I would definitely recommend putting in your 2% stop loss because there's still a chance we rally back up. This happens sometimes in seasons of manipulation. They start to get you to do one thing. They watch the market. They see the momentum. They see people starting to go a certain way, and then they reverse to go back up just to liquidate you out. So protect yourself. However, Jeb, it, it is looking very much like you, what you're saying is absolutely true. There's not a lot of faith to have in the bulls right now. There's actually a lot of faith to have that the bears are if very much in control. And the price that I'm going to be looking for, it, it could go lower, but if we confirm this downside, the price I'm going to look for is first to match the candle body close right there at 26.5. Uh, 27 would definitely be you know another space to look, but 26.5 before 5, could we potentially see, just like we saw last summer, a sideways accumulation phase start to develop where, sorry, let me get rid of this drawing right here, where we drop this low and we continue to bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce in this zone before finally over here, we hit a spring with low volume and rally. Could we see the same thing happen? We talked about this. Is this the winner we're talking about where we bounce between 25, maybe even getting down to that 22.20 and keep bouncing back up to 30, giving us false hope coming back down? We got to wait and see. But for right now, there's a lot of there's a lot of things similar about these two markets we got to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Tim. And, I, and you know, that's let's look at the silver lining here. If that does occur, that's not a bad thing for the traders because a range between 20 and $30,000, that's a pretty big range. You can yes. actually make a lot of money doing that. So that would probably make that would make a lot of sense to me and as far as whether or not bitcoin can go down to twenty thousand dollars here's the thing guys there's nothing in that zone there's no support there at all like the only support that we see in that area is what we built like a week ago at twenty six thousand six hundred dollars which i don't even know if that really counts because we set it on this drop the only other real thing we have is the 200 uh weekly exponential moving average which is giving us support here at uh, what about $25,000, $27,000. And that's great. But what about the fact that if you look in history, there is historical precedent for us dropping below the 200 weekly EMA by a good bit. We're looking at a drop right here, 27% below the 200 weekly EMA. What about that? 28%. If we did that and dropped down 26%, we'd go to $20,000. So if history holds, if the analysis is right, we probably would see a $20,000 Bitcoin. Yeah. That being said, if we did go down to $20,000, you can bet your bottom Bitcoin that people are going to be buying the heck out of this blockchain. Take that one to the bank. Bitcoin yeah. is going to get bought up hugely down there. Bigly, bigly. It's going to get bought up bigly down there. Who said that? It's going to get bought up big time down there by all of the different, believe it or not, investment banks, by all of the 
uh, uh, fund managers. It's going to get bought up by institutions. It's going to get bought up by people that are running projects in the cryptocurrency space. If it does go down to $20,000, then that is going to mean that a lot of people are going to buy it. The illiquid mm -hmm. supply is going to go up. You're going to have a supply shock. And the next time we go into a bull market, it's going to kick off like a Roman freaking candle because there's no supply left. And it's going to move to the upside so quickly because all the supply is in long-term storage. That's what we're seeing right now anyway. Even if Bitcoin started moving up from here right now, we would see that occur. If you drop down to $20,000, you are going to have different nation states buying Bitcoin. You're going to see El Salvador continue to accumulate Bitcoin. You're going to see the Central, uh, Central African Republic accumulating Bitcoin more than likely. You're going to see so many different people buying and accumulating Bitcoin down there, turning into diehard hodlers, and they are going to cause a supply shock, and the market's going to moonshot when it does go into a bull market. Now, that bull market might be, two, might be 6 to 12 months from now. I can't tell you exactly when it's going to be, but when it does happen, if we do go to $20,000, it is going to be such a healthy bull market. It's not even going to be funny because we will have shaken out as many of the weak hands as possible, built as strong of a foundation as possible, and we will be able to rally as powerfully as possible. So with that said, Tim, do you have any final thoughts? Then we're going to move into Super Yeah, chats. no, I think make my sure last thought, I want, to, I want to make sure people understand is, you know, there's a comment in chat, and I want to respond to it. Volume just means a lot of people are selling. You'd have to have the crazy long wick at the bottom to have that volume with people buying more than selling. Volume does not measure just selling. I mean, volume measures trade. Volume measures the the supply going back and forth. And so what, what you would see as more of a continuation, just so you guys know, is a large candle with a large wick, and they're in the same color, they're in the same direction. That is a confirmation there's a lot of people selling. But when we see when we see shadows or we see wicks on the top and the bottom of a candle, and we see that histogram bar and volume go up, that means it's in a it's in a spot where there is a lot of people arguing. There's bulls and bears there arguing about is that the bottom or is this going to continue? So again, it's not a confirmation, but just so you know the value of everyone who is doing technical analysis and the importance of volume. Volume is also one of the top indicators that when we talk about manipulation, we talk about whales and institutions watching the market, trying to gather as much supply as possible. Volume is one of the indicators they use the most to FUD and FOMO people out and to determine is it time to go up and manipulate the market up or is it time to bring the market back down? So make sure you're paying attention to volume. It is very, very important. That's absolutely right. Well, guys, if you were enjoying today's stream, make sure to smash that like button. We got uh, 1,900 people watching. Let's see if we can't get up to 600 likes. I think that's a very realistic like prediction, or Bitcoin-like prediction, or you are coffee and crypto-like prediction. It's like a Bitcoin price prediction, but not as clickbaity. Make sure to hit that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 600 likes. We got a bunch of people watching. I know we can do it. Thank you so very much for everyone who hits that like button, helps to support us in the YouTube algorithm them, pumps this stream out to more people so that we can share the good word of Bitcoin with more people and hopefully bring some more high-quality educational and informational content that you want and need to know in a timely and organized fashion. But let's go ahead and read some Super Chats. I don't even know if we have any, but if we don't, we can read some normal chat. Yeah, I think we have two, and I'm going to make Do sure we, we didn't, I didn't miss any, but I'm going to read these two first, and then I'll go back. Uh, Todd Ofer said, he said Jen, but I, you know, means Jeb. Jen? Typo, I'm guessing. Jeb, why haven't you been on around the blockchain at BitBoy Crypto lately? Well, because I am married. And I have a son, yeah. and I want to be at home at 5 o'clock. <laughs> That's why. Uh, so, yeah, I haven't been just, on ATB in a while. Just so you guys know, I'm actually I'm talking with Ben right now. There's a chance that I might be able to join the show. I, I would love, you know, we'll see how it works out to have more stuff. A lot of people have even asked, like, is there some problem between us and Ben? Absolutely no. not. No. The, you ben know, and I are it's, still friends. It's all timing. Like, time. Jeb has just been really busy in this season. You yeah, know, of I course, have. he was engaged, and he got married. And, you know, he, had, he announced the other day, he has a son now. He adopted a son. Yep. Uh, he just went, you know, all, just all this stuff happening. So if anyone's wondering, oh, does Ben and Jeb have a problem? Absolutely not. Oh. There is no problem whatsoever. Got no beef here. Yep. No beef here. Let's quash those rumors, guys, because it just ain't true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one that I see here from Crypto Rock, he said, thanks for the NFA, and JC would totes love Bitcoin. Thanks for the non-financial advice, and JC? Who's JC? I, I don't know. Justin Jesus Christ? Christ? Jesus Christ? Oh, that might be who he's talking about. And Jesus Christ would love Bitcoin? Uh, I don't know. He might. He, he might he, not care. He might not care. I'm sure he, he would be against. I'm it. sure he'd love his believers that use Bitcoin. I know that. I, yeah. What do you love Bitcoin? I don't know. I don't know. What do you love? I mean, here. I mean, here's the thing. Know. Here's the thing. We're getting a little theologically, but G, they had like literally Judas, the betrayer. He was their like uh, treasurer. So treasurer, Jesus yeah. had to deal with money. Jesus wasn't against money. You talk about he money all the time. Just live off the land. He also told us to go and multiply that money. 
Yeah, so I, I think he would. I think he, I think he's a fan of sound money. <laughs> I think he would be a fan of sound money. I think that is true. Well, let's see. We probably have time for one more comment before we I don't know if we have any other. I mean, we have any super chats, but let me see. Uh, if someone Here you go. We had a joke one. This is good. Just just a good transition. Uh, Na S said, Jeb, are you bullish on Luna? Am I bullish on Luna? Um... It's not going to the moon. It's not going to the Luna. That's all I can say on that. Nah. Gosh, my bullish on Luna. Yeah, I'm gonna have to think about that one. Just kidding. No, it's I'm, I'm not. I, I'm I'm really I'm really not. Hey, if you want to put ten bucks in as a moon bag in the hopes that it does something in ten years, then you know go for it. But uh, no, I would not make any serious investment in the Luna. I think it's dead. Yeah. I think it's dead. Uh, Siobhan Golay asked what my son's name is. His name is Malachi, just like the last book of the Old Testament. We call him our little minor prophet because Malachi was mm. a minor prophet in the Bible, and Malachi is pretty small. because he's Like a Bitcoin miner? No, minor is in small, as in little, as in uh, poco. Okay. He's tiny. He's pequeña. Pequino. Anywho, let's go ahead and jump on in to our discussion. We are going to be talking about how Bitcoin might be about to get ready to move. But before we do, if you guys are trying to store your crypto through the Bitcoin winter and you want to make sure that you are doing it safe, then you want to make sure that you have a Ledger product. What is a Ledger? Well, a Ledger is a custom-built product for storing your cryptocurrency in a safe, secure, unhackable way. I use Ledger products to store most of my cryptocurrency, I have some cryptocurrency on exchanges, obviously, but probably 60 to 70% of my cryptocurrency are on Ledger products. So I put my money where my mouth is on those. I have a Ledger Nano S. I have some X's. I have several Ledger products, and they are phenomenal. Make sure that you're storing your cryptocurrency wisely. You can get Ledger products with the link in the description box down below. If you get a Ledger Nano S, it's going to do just fine for Bitcoin and Ethereum. But if you want to hold more altcoins, the Ledger Nano X is going to hold more different types of wallets. Make sure that you sign up for them. The user interface is phenomenal. I have Ledger Live on this computer. I'm not going to bring it up because obviously there's sensitive information there. But it is a phenomenal product. It comes with phenomenal software. And if you want to be able to store your cryptocurrency and not worry about losing it, not worried about it getting hacked, not worry about it getting stolen, then the best place to do so is Ledger. Make sure you sign up. The link is in the description box down below. It's the only brand I trust to store my Bitcoin. But let's go ahead and jump into our discussion. What's the big idea here, huh? So I need a I need like Kelly's Brooklyn like Texas slash Brooklyn accent. Say, What's the big idea gotta, here, huh? Need to be an Italian like a, Brooklyn. Oldie, like who's on first? Who's uh, yeah? Who's on, on first? Oh, somebody knows about the skit. Who's on first? I've been referencing that skit for a while, and nobody. I showed my wife that skit for the first time the other day, and I, it was uh, it was pretty funny. She's like, "Wait, what's on first? What's what is this? No, what's on first? What's on second? Anywho, Bitcoin is ready to move. Let's go ahead and talk about that, Tim." Can you intro us with some of this, some of these stories from China? Because it looks like we have some news coming out of China. We saw one city, I forget what city it was, uh, where there was a court case coming out about Bitcoin. And it looks like different parts of China may be thawing their relations uh, to Bitcoin, even though China has come out and banned Bitcoin dozens of times in the past. They banned Bitcoin mining a while back last yeah. year. Do you think China is just trying to regain some of their control over the market so that they can use it against Bitcoin in the future? You know, that's something that I wish, and I think I'm going to get one of these for the future. I wish I had a tinfoil hat to pick up, put on my head, because this is where we're going to dive into some conspiracy. You don't have to agree with me. You could love it. It's not necessarily factual, but I think it's a little bit conspicuous I need, I need your how stand. China's been moving. I need, your <clears throat> I need your stance on something so I know how much of a conspiracy theorist you are. Okay. Did we land on the moon? So what happened in China... <laughs> no, it's kidding. I, I think we landed on the moon. Uh, so what's, what we see happening in China, it's been a roller coaster of a relationship. First, China comes out and says that they're banning Bitcoin. We've seen that lots of times. Then they come out and say they're not banning Bitcoin. At one point, we had the most miners. We actually were a little bit afraid. There was a potential threat that the amount of miners in China could have the power to go ahead and do an attack on Bitcoin. Well, that got fixed when China went ahead and banned Bitcoin mining. So all that transferred to the United States, other countries as well. Then we see Bitcoin. Uh, we see China come out and ban it and say that you have to be of a certain... Uh, 
There's like qualifications and levels that you actually have to have to invest in Bitcoin. Then the other day, we have a judge come out and announce that actually Bitcoin is considered property and therefore they cannot ban it. So we kind of see this flip-flopping going on with China. And there's actually been some news coming out more recently that there's been an uptick in Bitcoin mining in China. So here's my conspiracy theory. I know that was a lot of a setup. Stay with me. Bitcoin is sound money. Yes. The laws of how economics and money work is soft money. It can be fought just like a chart. It can go up and down, but it will flow to hard money. That's just how the world will work. China and their government are not stupid. I would love to know how much Bitcoin they own because I guarantee you, this is not conspiracy, they own Bitcoin. Did they potentially FUD the market to bring the price down? And now that the price is getting lower, all of a sudden we're starting to see a swing back to China being pro-Bitcoin because guess what? As much as the US dollar is losing value and we're worried about that, go look at the Dixie chart, which is where the dollar is compared to other fiat currencies. It's going explosive right now. As bad as the dollar is, other currencies are worse, and that includes the Chinese yuan. Does the Chinese government, seeing that their economy is in in an even bigger bubble than the United States economy, do they see a potential chance to use Bitcoin to stabilize their economy? And could they be using it as a tool to FUD people out when they really want to get in and FOMO people out when they want to get out so that they can maximize what they're doing and they can keep their economy afloat and had their pockets. That's my conspiracy theory, is that I think China is definitely behind moving some things around and and keeps flip-flopping based off of what is best for them to pocket as much cash as possible to help stabilize their economy. That's my take. I think that one thing you could bet on is that China is out for China's good. And if somebody gets in the way, then they are going to say, okay, well, that's fine, but we're just going to go ahead and do it anyway. And that's what we're seeing right now with that. So what I would say in this is that China, as Tim said, is in a bubble. It actually has a lot of crisis uh, crisis is going on. People don't realize that they have a massive housing crisis. They have a massive demographical crisis. Uh, Demographers talk about it all the time. They're getting into the same situation that Japan is in, where they have an aging population and the amount of uh, elderly people that the younger people are supporting is getting to a point where it's getting difficult for China to run a very profitable economy, you're running into that issue. They also have water crises. People don't realize Beijing is actually basically in a desert now. It wasn't always that way, but with uh, desertification that's that's taking place big time with the Gobi Desert expanding east in China, people are really starting to run out of water. In fact, the Mekong Delta, which is one of the rivers that runs through, I believe it's Thailand, that river waters brings water to like 400 million people in Southeast Asia and Mm. the Chinese have put dams all along the river and are basically drying up the supply and using all the water from themselves because they don't have any water. So there's a big water crisis going on in China and that's having knock-on effects literally downstream of the people in Thailand. That entire river, the entire Mekong, which was one of the biggest rivers on the planet, is basically drying up because of everything that they're doing there. They have massive irrigation systems. In the, I'm talking about massive canal networks bringing water all around the country because they have huge water issues. There are huge problems that China is running into from a fundamental standpoint, not even getting to the economic standpoint of how people are buying two or three houses per person just because it's a vanity thing and people are going out, uh, young men are going out and buying two, three homes because that's the only way they can impress a woman into marrying them. There are a lot of issues in China and China realizes this and they realize that if they're going to become the world-dominant global superpower that they want to be, they're going to have to do it this decade. That is well understood in geopolitics. That's why people are constantly talking about whether or not Taiwan's going to get invaded. That's why they're talking about that is because this decade, the 2020s, is the make it or break it for China because if they don't get their game in, if they don't get their act together in the next eight years, their window closes, it slams shut, and the West continues being dominant. But if they are able to take a big leap forward in their global presence, their economic dominance, if they're able to do that through things like their Belt and Road Initiative, through things like bullying other Southeast Asian nations and uh, bullying Australia, if they're able to do that, then they do have the power and the ability to become a global superpower. But they've got to do it in the next eight years or so, or all of those demographical crises and different crises that I'm talking about are going to catch up to them and they're going to start falling behind. That is what we're seeing happen. How does it apply? Uh, how does it apply to Bitcoin? It applies to Bitcoin because China is going to do with whatever is going to do with Bitcoin whatever it thinks it needs to do for the benefit of China. With Bitcoin growing as much as it has in the last year, China shed all of their miners. They had like 53% of mining going on in the world. All of those miners left. They realized, 
crap. We just lost our trump card because they had all of the power. Mm. Not all of the power, excuse me. Bitcoin's decentral. They don't have all the power. But they had they they had a bargaining chip, put it that way, with the rest of the cryptocurrency market. And they threw it all away because they didn't want Bitcoin threatening them. But now they realize that, oh, crap, whatever nations start adopting Bitcoin and start leading in blockchain technology, they're going to do very well. So what's going on right now? Does China want to have power over Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? Absolutely. Can China do that? That's the question. Tim, what do you think about that? What does China know about Bitcoin and what might they be trying to do for their own benefit using Bitcoin? Well, like I said, it's it's the it's how the money flows. And if you are wondering what I'm talking about, go read the Bitcoin Standard by Safadin Amos. He talks about this. It's a law of economics that money will flow from soft to hard. And then when centralization gets in, and we because we used to have gold, and there's there's actually a history of a lot of different sound monies, and there were good reasons to get off them. Not not good reasons economically, but there was like, okay, they had holes or they had problems that caused us to go off of them. Gold, for example, because of its physical tangibility, you can clip it. That was the problem. Bitcoin does not have that problem. So we will flow into Bitcoin at some point. And I think China sees that. Again, they're not dumb. And for anyone who's wondering, you know, Smith, you can go to my chart real quick. I went ahead and looked up the Chinese yuan over US dollar. In the last 60 days, it is down over 7%. China knows this. If I go and zoom out, you know, we're actually in a long-term downtrend, the yuan over the US dollar, and it's only getting worse. So I think the Chinese government sees this. I think that they've been holding Bitcoin. And I do believe this is, when we talk about manipulation, there are institutions that do this. There are whales that do this. There are governments that do this, and they understand this. And right now, as I said, the Chinese government, the economy is in a bubble, and they're going to do what they can at the expense of their people. Not that there's necessarily a lot of countries that put their people's needs first over their own, but they're going to do what they can to get rid of it. And guess one of the best ways to fix a dying currency or a d- descending currency is to move it into solid money or sound money. That doesn't mean we're going to, they're going to make Bitcoin legal tender. I'm not saying China is the next country to make Bitcoin legal tender, but what I am going to see is China actually get in to, to help erode and get rid of some of the dying of their money. And, and this should be long term, actually a bullish move for Bitcoin. Could it start here in the next couple of days? Is it going to take weeks or months? I don't know. But this flip-flopping that China's been doing, I believe it is it's them actually stabilizing their bubble economy and preparing for the worst, but knowing if they have their money in Bitcoin, while their people might suffer because their people are using Chinese wands, they'll be fine because of their Bitcoin holdings. Yeah, and that's a really good point. I, I just think that the, be- the reason that we need to pay attention to this is because if China does start to engage with Bitcoin in a big way, and by the way, that's a very big if. China is a very centralized authoritarian nation. You know, it's gotten a little bit less like that since the days of Mao, but it still very much is. That is very antithetical to what Bitcoin is, decentralization, individualized, um, you know, grassroots. That's what Bitcoin is. That is not the Chinese, uh, that is not the that is not the the PRC's um, uh Communist Party's agenda. That's not their agenda. So it's a very big if, if China does start to adopt Bitcoin, because basically what they would be doing is they'd be adopting a theological enemy to solve their own problem. And, you know, that'd be a great thing. I would love for China to start taking Bitcoin and putting it in their reserves. That'd be wonderful, but it is a big if. So I do want to preface that. But if China does re-engage with Bitcoin, allow Bitcoin mining, start maybe buying some Bitcoin of their own treasury, start um, allowing for Bitcoin transactions in their nation, start allowing people to hold Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies on their blockchain. By the way, it's very difficult for the average Joe in China to be able to invest. Pretty much the only thing you can invest in is real estate. because That's why, that's why there's a real estate crisis, because it's very difficult for people to make generational wealth in the stock market. It's very difficult for people to make generational wealth in business, because there's so much red tape. Very hard to make a lot of money without being corrupt or using real estate. They could allow for Bitcoin to be traded in the nation, and then they would hopefully see some of their people start trading and investing in Bitcoin to go and make some more money so that they can continue to grow their individual um, GDP. That would be a great thing. So if China did re-engage with Bitcoin, did allow Bitcoin into the space, it would take a couple of years for people to start getting confident that Bitcoin is not just going to disappear overnight again in China. But if they did allow Bitcoin, then it could mean a lot of upside for Bitcoin, especially if they did take it into their reserves. Not really any nation has done that yet, so that is a stretch. That's probably something that would happen many years from now. But I do think that it would be huge. So what would happen to your Bitcoin if China did start accepting Bitcoin? Bitcoin back into their nation. Well, you're going to see a massive run. You're going to see a huge run because whenever China makes a move, Bitcoin responds. Whether or not it should is up for debate, but it does. I remember when I got into the space in July, 
2017, July 31st, 2017, China just come out and banned Bitcoin again. They banned Bitcoin like 10 times that year. They really just, they want to make absolutely sure that you knew. They banned on ban, 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 ban. And so every time they would do that, they would come out and they'd say, okay, boom, banned. And then Bitcoin would drop quite a bit. So what it would mean for Bitcoin is it means that there's more volatility and more FOMO and FUD opportunities in the space than there already are, but it would mean upside if they genuinely did allow Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies into their nation. But Tim, I want to ask you a question. Why do you think China's perspective on crypto just keeps changing like this? Or, or, or is China ever going to have a firm stance on Bitcoin or do they and we just don't see what it is? Well, I think one thing is that there's been a large amount of people doing stuff despite the fact that it's uh, illegal or they, you know, at areas is illegal. But, you know, it, it's really weird. I, I think... I think there's potentially a lot of different things going on in play here, but China, they, they keep flip-flopping because I think they're going to always do what's best for them. When Bitcoin is sitting super high, it makes a lot of sense for them to come out negative against it, right? It makes a lot of sense for them to make it illegal so they can profit off of that. But when they're coming down low, it makes a lot of sense for them to legalize it. Why? Because they want their people to start doing things to get the price to pump up so they can then liquidate at the top. It, it's... It, I think that has a lot to do with them just trying to protect themselves economically. But I would love to hear and read, do more, more research to find out more what China is doing. But this flip-flop back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, it's, it is going to lead to just an all-out, the world just adopts Bitcoin because, again, it's that the principle. Money will move from soft to hard all the time. Yeah, and, I, and you know, I have two stances on whether on them adopting it on one hand. I would love for them to allow Bitcoin into their nation and make it easy for the populace to adopt Bitcoin because I love the Chinese people. I love the people of every single nation. I care about them. I want them to succeed and flourish and go forth and grow. That doesn't mean I like the government of China. There's a very big difference there. I like the Chinese people. I want them to be very successful. The Chinese government, I have a lot of bones to pick with. About, you know, I have a lot of issues with the way that they run their nation. So on one hand, I would love for Bitcoin to be viable in that nation. It is viable in that nation because it can't be stopped by government. But the point is, I would love for people to not be persecuted in that nation for using Bitcoin. But on the other hand, I kind of hope Bitcoin doesn't get adopted by China because I would like for the authoritarian regime that is China to be left in the dust by the first world countries that are, you know, they have their own problems don't get me wrong, but are at least maybe trying to allow people to adopt Bitcoin. I would rather us be the ones that are driving forth in the geopolitical stage using new technology like blockchain. So it's on two, two sides. Do we want them to? Do we not want them to? At the end of the day, it would be a wonderful thing for the Chinese people if they did allow Bitcoin in their nation. But here's a question for you, Tim. Let's put that tinfoil hat back on. Do yeah. you think China funded the market back in May of last year by banning mining just so that they could buy Bitcoin on the cheap and they haven't told anybody yet? That's a question. Yeah, you know, that's that is the question. I, I would love to know. Again, I I'm sure we could find it somehow. I just don't know where and how. I would love to see how much they own and maybe they spread out into different accounts so they don't have this massive account that shows uh this one wall that shows a massive holding. But no, I, I absolutely think that China, the timing of stuff is a little bit peculiar and the flip-flopping itself. Again, do you, I mean do you even know like it China's been flip-flopping at least since back when you were in. They're, they've been flip-flopping since Mount Gox back in 2014. Yeah, it, that, they've been going back and forth for almost a decade now. Yeah, I, I honestly think it is based off of, in the moment, what is best for the Chinese economy. They're going to make that decision. And to be fair, that's what governments should be doing with their economy. But the manipulation and the screwing of their people, that's the problem, is that they keep flip-flopping on their people. So you got people either breaking the law and continue to hold in strong, or they're liquidating all their crypto, losing out on massive gains. And then, you know, so we'll see. But even with the volatility that Bitcoin is likely to experience over the next several months as a result of Bitcoin potentially bouncing around between twenty dollars and $30,000 as a result of Bitcoin maybe having its stance changed, uh, China maybe changing its stance on Bitcoin in their nation as a result of things like global conflict, as a result of things like crazy oil prices, as a result of things like uh, an impending recession, rising interest rates, inflation, housing market problems, student loan crises. As a result of all of these things, you will probably see quite a bit of volatility in Bitcoin. When that occurs, that is a good thing. The, the, the worst thing for a, for a trader or for an investor is when Bitcoin trades flat and it does nothing. I remember back in 2018 when Bitcoin just sat sideways stagnant between six dollars and $7,000 for like four months. I'm sitting over here a YouTuber and I'm trying to make content and it didn't do anything for 90 days. There was no news. It was done. It was so boring. 
Nobody cared. And, the, and as a trader, there's no way that you can make money. There's no way for me to make money in this trading market because we're trading sideways. We don't want that. If we're going to trade sideways, let's at least trade sideways in a giant range like this where we can go up 50, 60%. You know, if you jump from $20,000 to $30,000, that's a 54% move. You can make some money on that kind of trade. I want some volatility in the space because that is an engine that drives retail investor interest and continues to bring new people into the space. So if you do still see, if you do still see a big volatility coming into the space, good. That is a symptom of underlying growth of the fundamentals. So what's the application here? Just continue to be patient. Yeah. Continue to hodl. Continue to accumulate, especially those big two, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Be a little bit conservative on your altcoins. Wait until the bull market kicks off. See what projects, you know, when the bull market kicks off here in 6, 12 months, however long it is, wait and see which projects are going to moon 300% a day and say, hey, man, I think I'm going to do really well this time. Or, or, or the projects that you thought were going to do well and don't. Wait until the bull market starts to really get big on altcoins because the altcoin cycle is going to start after Bitcoin most likely. Might not happen, but it probably will. Continue to be patient and understand the good news of Bitcoin is that it is the greatest solution to the biggest problem humanity has faced financially other than greed, and that is that there's no way to store value into the long-term distant future. That is one of, I shouldn't say the, it is one of the big problems that humanity faces, and Bitcoin solves it. And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, I can tell you that the bigger the problem you solve and the better you solve that problem and the more people want a solution to that problem, the more valuable your solution is going to be. And yes, what Bitcoin is doing is a solution to a multi-hundred trillion dollar problem. And I do not exaggerate in that. I do mean multi-hundred trillion dollar problem because it permeates all of modern human civilization. And I do believe that if you're in Bitcoin right now, then you are going to be very glad you did. So what do we do with all this information? Don't forget that Bitcoin has rock-solid fundamentals that are only continuing to grow larger and larger and larger. I think that there's a strong opportunity for Bitcoin to drop down to $20,000 to $22,000. And yes, I use the word opportunity, not threat. But don't fud out. Now is not the time to fud out. If you want to get out of an investment, the time to do that was above $50,000. Now is the time to hodl. And now is the time to be patient, conservative, and if you have money on the sidelines that you can wisely and responsibly invest, maybe look at take it, taking some more positions through dollar cost averaging or just through straight up purchasing. But now is not the time for fear. Now is not the time for fear. That comes later. No, I'm joking. It comes never. If you're ever fearful in the cryptocurrency market, that is the wrong timing. Tim, what are some of your final takeaways before we jump into Super Chats? Uh, again, I, it, Full screen. be patient. The, I actually believe that this will be bullish. And again, we've even seen that when we were talking about the charts earlier. We could actually see some bouncing back and forth for a while before we have a, a nice bull run. But just be patient. There is some fundamentals, not just from the technology side of Bitcoin and the use case of Bitcoin, but even adoption. We've talked about that in many shows. It just doesn't mean it's going to happen today. Continue to huddle on. Continue to be patient. Look for your tops and your bottoms for your traders. Make nice, consistent, conf uh, uh, confirmed movements. But ultimately, be patient. The time will come. Absolutely. Well, guys, let's see if we can't get to a thousand likes here in the next couple of minutes. TZ said it in chat. Let's reach that thousand like milestone. Smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Let's go ahead and read some super chats. Yeah, let's see what we got here. I see one. I'm going to make sure we don't have any more. But MV said, do you think Ethereum will become more centralized once it becomes 2.0? Could a Luna incident happen? Luna had a very specific... Uh, attack surface that what had to do with the way that the stable coin was being um the way that the stablecoin was being pegged to the dollar. But Ethereum does not have that. Ethereum doesn't, in my opinion, and I could be wrong on this because I didn't see this coming on Luna either. Um I don't think that Ethereum has an attack surface that could cause the price to drop that drastically and just collapse overnight. I don't think that's the case. That being said, Luna should be a case study for all of us in the threats of centralization. Whether or not it's going to become more centralized after 2.0 is an open question. We can discuss that at another time, but we do need to be on the on the lookout for that. It's a very big deal. Yeah, real quick, while we're because that's all the super chats, but I'm going to answer some uh, chat. But uh, <laughs> is Smay alive? Can we Smay? can we get a can we get a quick 10 second check in with old Smay? Old Smay can you like director? hold up today's newspaper just so we know? Uh, I have, I can I do something even better. You ready, guys? If you want 
to uh, show your support for this channel, why don't you hit the like button? It shows, it, it, it boosts us in the algorithm. It helps us to succeed to help you succeed. Uh, and it helps uh, spread the, the word of financial sovereignty around yeah. the crypto space. So please hit that like button. Thank you. Let's get a couple hundred hashtag Fensovs in chat. Let's do it. I'm going to go ahead and put mine in right now. Boom. Hashtag Fensov. Let's see it in chat. Yeah, we have a couple questions here. One, I want to answer tomorrow. So we're not going to answer this one today, but I want to I want to highlight it. And so uh, we need to make a note that we need to do some research on this and get a good answer and put it on the show. But Chaz asked, uh, Jeb, could you look at coin glass liquidation charts? It seems that we move counter to long and short liquidations. Self-fulfilling, it was question mark, exchange maximizing profits. We don't have time to go into that on this show, Chaz, but that is a very good question. We will make sure tomorrow that we cover those liquidations on uh, coin glass. Uh, coin glass. Yeah, coin glass liquidations chart. Yeah. Uh, I think, let me do one more question. Let me see if I find anything good in chat. Uh, I did think I saw some, you know, JT Skinner said Celtics got blown out, Smay. What are your... uh, Celtics got blown out. I'll do 10 seconds Celtics analysis. Uh, Just so you know, we Uh, didn't have Al Horford or Marcus Smart, uh, and uh, we just came off of Game 7, so I expected us to lose last night, and I think we're going to come back strong uh, on Game 2. So that's all I have to say. Here, here's a chat that I'm going to reword. I'm going to read it and then reword the, uh, what, how, how I want to get this question to ask. But he said, question, what's the best stablecoin to have right now? And I want to reword that. Should people be using stablecoins right now? <laughs> I was about to say that. Should people be using stablecoins? I think that is something that we need to take a very serious look at. I'm not going to say that we shouldn't. But I am going to say that we need to be a lot more cautious than I think we were. First of all, stablecoins have proven that when they are centralized, and we wanted Luna to be decentralized because of its you know, algorithmic nature, but its centralization, still a little bit of centralization creeped in and led to the downfall of the project. Centralized stablecoins are a big problem, and every stablecoin is centralized, so we got to be careful about that. Secondly, Janet Yellen is probably going to come down hard on stablecoins pretty soon. She's the U.S. Treasury Secretary. She's been after stablecoins for a while. And watching a $50 billion project dry up overnight, if you add in the market cap of Terra UST, you're looking at $65 billion. Watching that dry up overnight, boy, does she have an argument to Congress to say, hey, I need to protect consumer interests because $65 billion just disappeared. So be on the lookout for that. I would be very careful with stablecoins at the moment. It's, I'm personally not in any stablecoins It's right almost now. like a stablecoin might, uh, you know, have an issue with a CBDC and there might be a competitive nature there. And the exactly. best way to make sure you have a successful project is to kill all your competition. Exactly. And that very well may come down the pike. Well, here we go. Last super chat and then we'll transition in our conclusion. Crypto Rocky said, want to come to Myrtle Beach for a crypto convention? I actually used to live in Myrtle Beach. I also lived in Surfside. I went over to, I lived in Myrtle Beach when I was, uh, yeah, or, uh, sorry, not when I was four, when I was in third, gr- second and third grade. Uh, as far as coming for a convention, I don't know if I'm going to be able to or not, just uh, because there's a lot going on, but uh, I would love that. I, I can't hear Myrtle Beach without hearing. My family grew up in Virginia with that Virginia Southern accent. Virginia. So they'd be like, y'all want to go down to Myrtle Beach? Y'all want to go down to Myrtle, Myrtle Beach? Beach? Myrtle Beach. We go have a time in Myrtle Beach. Don't go have a time in Myrtle Beach. And I was like, okay. I had some times in Myrtle Beach. I was six years old. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that's that's all we got for Super Chats. Good deal. So, yeah. Well, guys, that's all we got for this show. If you enjoyed today's show, hit that like button. We're close to 1,000 likes. Thank you guys so very much for tuning into the show. We do believe that a big move is coming to Bitcoin relatively soon, defining relatively soon. I think in the next week to two weeks, we're going to see a big movement to the downside, potentially as low as $20,000. Now, getting all the way down to $20,000 might take a few more weeks than that, but the move might start in the next couple of weeks. So be, as I said, on the lookout for that. By the way, Club DeFi, got to let you know, there is another round of beta opening up pretty soon. Most of those seats are already filled, just so you know. But for all of you guys who signed up last time but didn't get in because we only had 200 seats open, more seats are opening up pretty soon. Tim, do you know the exact date on that? Is that no, Monday? I don't know the exact date, but I know it's it's Either, coming here I, very soon. It's in it's in the next seven days. So Yeah, I think so. Or it might be in the next 14 days. It's in the next week, maybe the next two weeks, but it's I think, coming pretty soon. I think the other thing about it, for those who are in it and those who are going yeah, to get an update. in it, I think we're about to start doing some office hours, which means we're going to be getting people in. We're going to answer questions. If you guys have been in it and and, and looking through and have a couple questions. We're going to have open office hours. I think Kelly and myself are going to be doing those to answer any and all of your questions to the best of our ability so that you continue to grow your technical analysis knowledge, your trading knowledge, because that's what's even cooler is the technical analysis you're going to need for trading. Trading courses are coming, but if you already have some of those questions, we can answer those in those uh 
Office hours. Smeg. I, uh, speaking of office hours, I have your specific dates for you guys. Uh, office hours are starting on Monday the 23rd, running Monday and Tuesday every week. Yeah. Uh, I, there's another thing, note here that says three to four. I don't know what that means. Oh, time. the times are three, three to four. To four. Yeah. Okay. Can you guys, Tim, can you explain to those people what office hours are? Because it's a really yeah, big no, arc it's, of Club it's, DeFi. It's literally going to be... Uh, I'm going to be in there or Kelly's going to be in there depending on which day it is. And then I think Taylor, my wife, is going to be moderating and make sure the, the right questions are asked. But you can come in, ask your questions that you're struggling with, the technical analysis or trading, and we will answer them to the best of our ability. And I think each one's going to be about an hour. These things never go. If it goes a little over, I think those are a little over from time to time. But it, it's just going to be an even more hands-on. The videos are amazing. We've had nothing but great feedback on the teaching. But if there are any questions, this is a great time to get a live response from from our team on how you can be improving your technical analysis. Absolutely, and if you want to jump on my stream really quickly, you can see there's actually nine of the videos out in the subject of trading now. Nine lessons are up. First four, psychology of trading, and then five episodes of fundamentals of trading. Kelly worked on all of these, and they are phenomenal, so make sure you check out clubdefi.com. It is in a closed beta right now, but it will be opening up for full launch in the next few months. Be on the lookout for it. You're not going to want to miss it, but the other thing you're not going to want to miss out on is this show. We go live 10 a.m. Eastern every single weekday bring you the latest on the bitcoin and cryptocurrency technical on-chain and fundamental analysis bringing you high quality informational content that you want and need to know make sure to subscribe to the channel for more updates on cryptocurrency on club DeFi, and on the next big opportunities in the space make sure to follow us on all of our social media at crypto jeb over on instagram and twitter that's all we got for you today though before i go i do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always and i will see you guys in the next video. Peace. Oh, I got a real good We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacFee Media.